0: From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman.
1: The wealthy are going to create tremendous jobs. They're going to expand their companies. Slashing taxes on the wealthy hasn't worked. And a lot of really smart, wealthy people know that. We're cutting taxes for the middle class. And I will tell you, we are cutting them bigly. Nobody who makes less than $250,000 a year, and that's the vast majority of Americans, as you know, will have their taxes raised. I'm getting rid of the carried interest provision. And if you really look, it's not a tax, it's really not a great great thing for the wealthy. It's a great thing for middle class.
0: Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both have plans to reform the tax code. And this week, the Tax Policy Center analyzed those plans. And as the director of the center put it, they are practically mirror images of one another. While Trump would cut taxes for the top 1% by more than $200,000, Clinton would increase their taxes by over $100,000. Trump would cut taxes for businesses. Clinton would raise them. And over 10 years, Trump's tax cuts would total trillions of dollars, while Clinton's would actually increase taxes by over a trillion. Well, joining me for a closer look at the plans are Catherine Rampell with The Washington Post and Rob Cox with Reuters Breaking Views. And Catherine, when you see this analysis of the proposals, what stood out to you?
2: Well, as you said, they are somewhat mirror images of one another. Um, One would increase tax revenues slightly and basically keep us on more solid fiscal footing. And then the other one would obviously cost the country a lot of money, um, $6.2 trillion. So, you know, the the two approaches are very different on their face. Beyond that, who they benefit um, and who they hurt – also is somewhat varied, given that Hillary Clinton would increase taxes on the very rich. And of course, the the numbers that we're looking at don't describe the spending side of the picture. But basically, what Hillary has said she will do is use that increased revenue to pay for some of the other plans she wants to to put into place. Trump, on the other hand, will give, I think, something like half of his tax cut to the very wealthy, although people all across the income spectrum will receive a tax cut under him.
0: But isn't his argument that by doing this, it's actually going to stimulate businesses and wealthy people. I mean, he says this. Wealthy people create jobs. They're going to create a lot of jobs. That this is the idea, this really trickle-down supply-side economics to get the economy going again.
1: I mean, there is this notion that if you cut taxes not just for the wealthy, but across the board, it is going to accrue to everybody, right? So there is some money in the pocket, and the idea is then, particularly a lot of this money, will go out into the economy. People will be buying more uh, Lamborghinis, uh, cruises, whatever it might be, stays at the Trump Hotel in Washington, um, and therefore it raises the growth rate. And so that $6.2 trillion that you talk about that, that's going to be missing over the next few years will actually be supplanted by all of the great new tax receipts from uh, people going buying, out and spending. all that kind of stuff. Um, that that's the argument. And that would be one reason to maybe accept that the numbers, as he said, aren't quite fully and understood. Dire.
2: Right. They're not as dire. Yes, they're, that is certainly what the Trump campaign argues and what other conservative economists, conservative politicians have argued throughout time.
0: Has that been effective in the past?
2: Uh, it does not appear to be. We, we've done several experiments where we have massively cut tax rates. It's hard to do a, sort of like a controlled experiment. You know, We don't have two economies, one in which we did this and one in which we didn't. But the evidence that we have so far suggests that while, yes, putting money into people's pockets can help them spend more, if you're doing this primarily for rich people whose marginal propensity to consume is quite low, meaning like every additional dollar that they get, um, they spend a tiny fraction of it relative to the poor, like you give them an extra dollar, they go out and and spend spend it. It it suggests that the actual macro impact of tax cuts on the rich is not so effective. Yeah,
1: it's not as as stimulative. But I mean, there is also like stepping back, we might look back at this conversation and say it was a little like debating fishery policy in nineteen thirty three Germany, um it may not have any bearing at all on on the outcome of the election. I'm not sure that even if he wins or Hillary wins that they're gonna just be able to to railroad this plan through an an extremely Divided, divisive
0: Congress, which I still think is going to be the case. But, but, but at the same time, though, the, the, these are plans. This gives a roadmap for where they're thinking. Yeah, but they're, but they're plans that may get nowhere. Well, I
2: course. think I think that there are some pieces to both of their plans on which there seems to be an emerging uh, bipartisan consensus. For example, doing something to alleviate the burden of childcare costs. Both plans do something to address that. Clinton's plan does more for people at the bottom of the income distribution because she expands the child tax credit and makes it refundable. Um, Trump's plan is arguably more beneficial for people at the top because it, it works through and deductions. And carried
0: interest. And car- yeah, I was going to say, well, the, explain. Talk to me a little bit about carried interest, and to get a little parochial. I mean, that's something that could really affect New York's economy and the financial sector here.
1: Well, basically, it would, it would impose a higher tax rate for private equity fund managers and certain hedge fund managers. But I mean, as a, as a broad, I mean, I don't know what you've maybe looked at the numbers, Catherine, but it's not going to have a huge impact. Yeah, it's
2: a tiny set, a, a tiny, tiny share of the population. But, but it's, that it is, it is about this.
1: making sure that, as you know, the, the secretary of the private equity manager doesn't pay a higher tax rate than the private equity manager. And, That's and, sort and of and the, this the basic d- this fairness does question. Seem,
2: Again, this does seem like the kind of relatively narrow policy that could get supporters on both the right and the left. And there's a part of me that kind of wonders why this hasn't happened already. Given... Since there's so
0: much support across Yeah, the...
2: there's so much support. There's not a lot of broad-based sympathy amongst voters for private equity.
0: Okay, Rob, if I take your point of view of let's step back and, you know, the details of these plans don't even matter because they may not actually come to pass. They do fit, though, into an overall... Uh, economic plan or vision that the two candidates have and how would you say that fits into their idea of where they want to take the economy and how they want to fix it
1: there's no convincing argument Really, in either of these, if that tells me that we're going to go from one and one and a half percent GDP growth to four percent or five percent or three percent GDP growth. There, there are so many other variables besides taxes. Don't get me wrong. Taxes are extremely important to that. But there are things like regulation. There are things like infrastructure. There are also things that, that increase the productivity of the worker. All those things will factor into really deciding whether or not we get an economy that grows beyond the 1%, 2% growth
0: that we've seen over the last couple of years. Okay, so Catherine, what has been the response from the campaigns to this analysis?
2: The Clinton camp was very enthused that these reports showed that Trump's plan showed quite a bit of fiscal irresponsibility, you could say. The Trump campaign was very upset They um, released a somewhat unhinged statement impugning the motives of the Tax Policy Center, which is a very esteemed group of economists and tax attorneys who have worked in both Republican and Democratic administrations. But the Trump campaign suggested that they were out to get Trump, that they were pro-Clinton, and that's why the numbers made his plan look so unfavorable.
0: Katherine Rempel is an opinion columnist for The Washington Post, and Rob Cox is the global editor at Reuters Breaking Views. Thank you both for joining. Thank Thank you. you. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.